Welcome to Romance After Dark, where love takes center stage, and we're your one-stop shop for all the romance feels. Get ready to swoon, laugh, and cry as we dive into the world of all things romance. On each episode, we'll plunge into the vibrant and fantastic world of author Ashlyn Lane. From her award-winning progeny series to the rocker romance series, Alterity. Unwrap your favorite romance movies, dissecting the good, the bad, and the downright swoon-worthy. Relive the most romantic moments and shocking plot twists from your favorite romance TV shows, offering spoilers and juicy commentary. Whether you're a die-hard romantic or a casual observer, we guarantee you'll find something to love on Romance After Dark. So grab your favorite beverage, cuddle up with a blanket, and get ready to fall in love with us. Prologue. The Beginning. Salem, Massachusetts. September 13, 1692. Hang him. Burn him. Kill the sorcerer. You are all mad fools, the prisoner yelled, pushing through the angry mob. Two enforcers waited atop the dirt hill, one in a black shroud, the other with a blank expression on his weather-beaten face. You'll burn in hell, a woman screamed, clutching a swaddled babe to her chest. She spit in his direction, tossing a jagged stone as the condemned crossed her path. I'm not guilty. Up you go, the shorter of the two executioners said as he tied the detainee to a wooden chair. He laughed, watching as his cohort approached with a glowing torch. Do you wish to repent and save your wretched soul before you depart this earth? The taller of the enforcers questioned through a black disguise. Across the field, the prisoner spotted his son, Jonas, and grandson, Gabriel, staring at the pyre with horror and rage in their eyes. He shouted, You people are all crazy! Don't think for a minute that it won't be you next time. All it takes is one false accusation and any of you could be standing where I am. Enough stalling. Just kill him. A pale-faced, shabbily-dressed woman screamed. Silence! Andreas bellowed. You bloodthirsty wench. Andreas Rousseau, having been charged and found guilty of the crime of witchcraft, your punishment is now being enforced. May God have mercy on your soul. As the glowing embers rose and the flames licked at him, the convicted laughed and growled. The crowd gasped in horror. I die a fast and painless death, Andreas Rousseau shouted, his body writhing within the blaze. The towns of Salem, Sheridan, Ipswich, and Langley will be cursed for generations to come. My blood will avenge me, and my death is only the beginning. Damn you! He groaned as the inferno licked his skin. Damn you all. A blood-curdling cry rose from the combustion as Andreas's body melted, becoming part of the cinders and smoke. Later that night, after the townsfolk returned to the villages, Gabriel and Jonas gathered his fiery ashes into an urn and took them back to their homeland of France. The misery of the past can bleed through to subsequent generations, leaving its stain on all who inherit the lineage. Genetics aren't always the common denominator in a family. Pain can be a very powerful entity, making it a determining factor in the path of future generations. Every bloodline has a history, every family a story. This was the beginning of his.
One Matters of Destiny. Langley, Massachusetts, December 30th, 2010. What is my purpose? What is my reason to exist? The luminous night showcased a million stars that twinkled in the distant sky. Asher Rousseau hovered above the highest peak of Laurel Point, the tips of his feet skimming the rocky cliff ledge. The mountaintop was his favorite hideout and the perfect place to lazily pass time. This high up, he could pretend that the stresses of his life didn't exist. Here, he was normal, just a guy observing the city lights of Sheridan. Only that wasn't true. Asher Rousseau would never be normal. It was a beautiful evening, but he couldn't enjoy it. That night was the conclusion of the day from hell. It was December 30th, the day by which all the other insufferable days would never match in their loathsomeness. It was his birthday. A rumbling sounded, followed by a distant chuckling that spurred a deep aggravation. It could be only one person, his brother, Quinn. I thought I told you that I wanted to be left alone. Asher seethed through clenched teeth. His illuminated vision pierced the black night, adding a celestial halo to the quiet town below. He ran a hand through his raven locks, attempting to tidy what the whipping wind had successfully must. Dude, it's your birthday. You need to chillax and have some fun. Well, happy birthday to me, the reluctant birthday boy mumbled. Another year older, and I'm still a liar. I'm engaged to seal to a woman I don't love. I carry our family secret inside me while I pretend to be human when... Quit torturing yourself, Quinn chastised. Like it or not, you have to feed. A growl escaped Asher's lips. I'm a cursed abomination who shouldn't exist. The wretched burning in his throat intensified, tormenting him, causing his body to ache with the pangs of hunger. I thirst for blood. I'm a baby-faced 87-year-old. That's just wrong. Asher despised birthdays and the inescapable knowledge that he was forever unchanging. When he was younger, he'd rebelled against the gatherings, choosing to feed on animals and blood bank donations. He'd managed to abstain, but only for a short time. Unlike his full-blooded vampire brothers, Asher was a half-bloodling, born of a human mother and vampire father. He'd inherited the best of both beings, an ageless appearance, unearthly agility, amazing speed, and an insatiable appetite for blood marked him as immortal. While a beating heart and the uncommon warmth emanating from his pale skin were undoubted traits of his mortality. Quinn stepped across the rocky crag, jumping from one ledge to the next. Aptly nicknamed the Casanova of the Rousseau clan, his blonde-headed, sparkling, blue-eyed good looks usually got him any woman he wanted, and he tested that theory every chance he got. Asher glowered at him, irritated, his patience thin with his brother's juvenile antics. I've told you a million times not to do that. You're such a buzz kill. You really need to lighten up. It's no wonder we call you the reluctant vampire. Asher glared at his much too optimistic and modernized brother. I do not need to lighten up. And what's with your language anyway? You're 191 years old. It's about time for you to act your age. 
he returned to his reflective train of thought, knowing it was pointless to argue with Quinn. I feel like there's something else I should be doing with my existence. Quinn stood silent. I shouldn't have to give up my single existence just because Klaus claims to know best. He clenched his fists. I don't love her, Quinn. I could never love someone so cold and shallow. All she's interested in is getting her hands on a bloodstone. That's the difference between you and me. You have that dreadful human conscience thing. Must be that beating heart of yours. I just wish there was another way. What if the right woman comes along? It'll be too late. Quinn hovered, floating several laps around the mountaintop, before ending at Asher's side. You have to feed, Ash. You remember how it was when you tried to abstain. We thought you'd die. You stayed in the infirmary for a week. If father hadn't stored your blood for such an emergency, you wouldn't have made it. I never want to see you like that again. Asher flinched, remembering that dark period in his life. As for Ursula, Big Brother continued, I don't have an answer for you. I don't see the point in sealing or marriage. There is no right woman. Only a woman that's good for right now. The world is a vampire smorgasbord, and we should take our existences as they come. Indulge in every pleasure we desire. You would say that. Asher rubbed at his neck, hoping to dislodge the uncomfortable knot in his throat. Thanks for nothing. I guess it does no good to complain about it now. My throat is in flames, and the ceiling is in two months. The burning was the worst part. The excruciating fire rendered him crazed, made him an unwilling puppet to an insatiable and unquenchable need. Even after a feeding, the desire for more still existed. It was always there. Hiding, lurking, just waiting for the subtle pulse of a carotid or the sweet smell of a baby to trigger it. Ash, we need to go. You have to feed. You'll feel better about things tomorrow. Asher shook his head with disgust. Tomorrow was just the continuation of this unending hell. Asher settled into a private booth at Rousseau, their family-owned bar, and a tiny piece of the multi-billion dollar puzzle that was the Rousseau Empire. He was careful to avoid the main flow of foot traffic, preferring solitude while he sulked. The women paraded around the bar like beauty contestants waiting to perform talent routines. It was obvious which ones were there to offer their services. The distant and dull, brainwashed glint in their eyes always exposed them. Quinn's gaze focused on a shapely redhead as she sauntered by their table. Wow, the selection is outstanding tonight. Smirking, he licked his lips, clearly intent on doing more than feeding. Asher fought back a wave of annoyance. You say selection like they're a herd of cattle to be bid on. A caustic burn ripped at his throat when he noticed the swan-like curve and subtle pulsing of one girl's neck. A strong whiff of delicious liquid essence wafted past his nose as another patron scuttled by. How satisfying the warm flow would feel as it quenched his parched throat. Anticipation tightened his stomach, making his mouth water and his muscles tingle with expectations of the feed. Can I get you something from the bar? Carrie appeared, her bright brown eyes narrowing in on Quinn. Nothing for me, Asher replied, 
observing the room with increasing boredom. Quinn winked back at her. I'll have a scotch on the rocks. Carrie giggled, tossing her shoulder-length auburn curls to one side. Coming right up. The apples of her cheeks flushed, and her heart rate spiked as she gawked at Quinn. She then wavered, taking a moment to regain her balance, shaking her head as if it would clear the glassy bewilderment his hypnotic gaze triggered. While his full-blooded brothers possessed the power to embed subliminal messages into humans' brains, their power did not extend to immortals. Asher, however, could send subliminals to both immortals and mortals, while also having the ability to read minds. The act known as channeling afforded him no solitude. He'd learned something over the years. Mental silence was a luxury most possessed, but few appreciated. You're such a show-off. No, I'm not. Quinn paused in contemplation. Well, maybe just a little. You know I've always had a thing for Carrie. She's going back to college next week. Maybe I'll get a piece as a parting gift. He grinned, seeming to delight in his brother's disgust. A new girl is starting tonight. Great, Asher groaned. I'm sure she'll be my responsibility to train. They always are. Asher sat stoic, surveying his surroundings, utterly unimpressed by what he saw. Volunteers were a food source, and by no means objects of sexual temptation. Having sex with one was like screwing your food, a repulsive act he refused to do. The buzzing in his phone raised the hairs on Asher's arm. Ursula. She called at least five times a day, leaving messages for him to return. Their ceiling was said to be his destiny, but he equated it to an unimaginable hell. The rest of eternity was too long to spend with such a royal pain in the ass. Each time they had sex, he remained emotionally detached, leaving the encounters with a frustrated emptiness. Asher yearned for a companion, his eternal love, an unconditional commitment she could never provide. Physical love was easy, as any fool could make body parts match up. The mechanics of the female form were never a mystery. He sexed Ursula while mentally reciting poetry or revisiting his favorite novels, courtesy of his photographic memory. His goal was always avoiding intimacy, eye contact, and kissing. The chill of her skin coupled with her need to cuddle afterwards rendered him physically ill. The few times Asher had reached a climax from the unbearable experience were more a physiological function than any indication of pleasure. Her orgasm was always a welcomed occurrence. Not because he sought to please her, mostly because it marked the end of the encounter. Afterward, he immediately showered to rid his body of her scent and to warm himself. Quinn cleared his throat. Ash, you're spacing again. Asher's gaze drifted toward the bar, a jolt of adrenaline shocking him when his focused attention met with a pair of deep, mesmerizing eyes. Who is she? He stilled, the planets of his solar system realigning to make room for her to exist in it. The new girl. She's hot, right? Her name is Seanette McCutcheon. I heard she prefers Shauna. The new bartender dripped sex like a honeycomb oozed its sweet nectar. A smooth butterscotch mixed with a splash of cream complexion was the foundation for astonishing features. Dark, boundless eyes that pierced right into him and a pair of deep dimples that dented her cheeks when she smiled. 
Wavy hair flowed down to the small of her back, like a raven river as she cruised her station with an ethereal grace. Gabe strolled over to their table, his expression alight with happiness. Good evening. While Asher thought of Quinn as his brother, they weren't actually siblings, but rather part of a unique group of firstborn sons and fathers that shared both an immortal and mortal lineage that made them unique to the vampire world. Gabrielle Rousseau, on the other hand, was Asher's half-sibling born to a human mother and their father, Jonas, before his change. Asher narrowed his eyes. You're cheerful tonight. As usual, you're cranky. Gabe motioned the new girl over. Carrie's working a partial shift. Would you do me a huge favor and show Shauna the ropes for a couple of hours? Asher glanced up, gave the new employee a quick smirk, then pierced her with an unmoving stare. Sure, no problem. She offered him her hand in greeting. I'm Shauna. It's very nice to meet you. Asher. Her touch drove a surge of fire into him, the burning waves coursing his nerves then pooling in his pounding heart. The pulse thumped in his head, leaving him off balance and spellbound by a mysterious gaze he couldn't shake. Shauna snatched her hand away, her heart hammering. Asher's icy blue stare pierced right into her. Breaking the physical connection did nothing to calm the nerves stirring her insides. She curled her fingers into a fist to trap the perspiration slicking her palms. Why was he staring at her that way? Why couldn't she look away? A weird fluttering traveled to her stomach, sending a nervous ripple to her pulsating heart, causing a new pattern of uneven palpitations. Asher's eyes finally wavered, releasing her from their uncompromising glare. Shall we? He offered coolly. Somewhat reluctant, Shauna followed him. What was his problem? He obviously cared nothing about his bottom line. Otherwise, he'd be more enthusiastic about helping her. With his acidic attitude, he must have few friends. What a jerk. Shauna sat on the bar stool pretending to pay attention, but she wasn't interested in an orientation of what she already knew. This was a virtual snooze fest, and her mind drifted off. This man was unbelievably gorgeous with no stubble or facial hair attesting his age. His skin was pallid, baby smooth and flawless. Most guys took to growing goatees and pencil-thin mustaches to assert their manhood. He, evidently, wasn't a follower. Asher kept his back to her while he explained the setup. After giving her the specifics, he turned, giving her another glassy stare with those probing eyes. Thick, jet-black hair hung playfully in his face, accenting thick lashes and the strangest colored eyes. Deep warmth radiated from the azure pools, contradicting the coldness exuding from his expression. He was an unearthly type of attractive, darkly exotic in appearance, tall and sturdily built with a lean physique that stood strong. He exuded a confidence that contradicted his unwillingness to make constant eye contact. Black jeans and a black and gray striped polo shirt completed his look and enhanced that creamy complexion. Shauna's heart gave another hard thump. He'd be so handsome if he weren't such a jerk. Now. He spoke English with a muddled European accent that was much stronger than his siblings. Let's see how well you were listening. Asher was well aware that Shauna wasn't paying attention. 
the word jerk had frequented her mind several times. He didn't mean to come off as one, but it was best to keep his distance. The muted ache of before was now a gut-twisting agony. Shauna's scent was the perfect storm of deliciousness. Vampires had a term for what she possessed. The Trinity. Humans possessing just one of the three variables were hard enough to resist, while all three were maddening. Vicious flames scorched Asher's throat, reminding him that he was thirsty. The cravings spiked, hurling his keen senses into overdrive. A few things became apparent. One, she was a vegetarian. Their blood was always fragrant, appealing, and capable of satiating the worst thirst and most finicky palates. Two, she didn't drink alcoholic beverages. Her blood was free of such impurities. She hadn't even a grain of aspirin in her system. Alcohol and most medicinal remedies thinned the blood, making the flow dangerously heavy. Three, Shauna was a virgin. Waves of hunger crashed over Asher, taunting him until severe pain claimed his mouth. Excuse me. She was affecting him, and he had no choice but to retreat to the restroom. Asher attempted to calm down, but the ache continued. Remembering the pure sweetness of her natural perfume heightened his torment. He splashed cold water on his face and took deep cleansing breaths, but it didn't help. The pain only grew worse. He was in desperate need of help. Control was usually Asher's strong suit, but she was different. Shauna might as well hang a sign on her back that read, Bleed me dry. The fact that her appearance coincided with the night he was at his thirstiest was inopportune. Being in the same building with him put her in a great deal of danger. He'd never experienced this type of insanity. Sure, he'd passed the occasional pink-cheeked baby on the street. An uncontrollable surge of saliva filled his mouth whenever he got a whiff of the blood in its strict formula diet, but this was something different and more difficult to control. The fact that she was a trinity only sparked half the anguish. There was a compulsion and hunger he'd never experienced before that night. He wanted to consume her just as much as he wanted to take her to bed. It was powerful, all-encompassing, and downright dangerous. Such delicious blood should never reside in an equally tempting shell. The things he'd do to her, if given a chance, might finally push him over the edge. Jay Biswandeid, I need help. Closing his eyes and clenching his fists, he attempted to think about something other than how her blood and body made him feel. It was no use. He'd reached the point of no return. Opening his eyes, Asher glowered at the image in the mirror. The monster was emerging. Blood-red eyes glimmered against the low light like cursed rubies. Fangs protruded from his distorted mouth. He punched the mirror, splintering his reflection into dozens of scarlet-eyed fiends, the likeness representing the many facets of his broken existence. Asher channeled Quinn, hoping he would hurry. But if his brother chose to ignore him, he understood. He'd nearly dismembered Quinn, when the smell of a baby's blood had thrust him into sudden thirst the previous summer. Asher was 87, but his family still considered him young. Learning to control his urges was essential to keeping the secret. Quinn rushed into the bathroom. Ash, man, try to calm down. He popped the top of a bag of synthetic blood and tossed it to him. 
artificial blood and bank donations supplemented their liquid diets. I know it isn't fresh from the tap, but it'll have to do for now. While Asher hated feeding on humans, there was something vital and erotic about the sluggish pulse a carotid gave as it gushed its sweet offering. The lines between sexuality, sensuality, and the intense pangs of thirst tended to blur during feeding. Concentration was of the utmost importance. It simply wasn't a time for lost control. Asher gulped his snack, watching as the mirror reflected red eyes returning to their pale blue shade. Thanks for coming down, bro. Quinn remained a good distance away. She got to you, didn't she? I was helping to familiarize her with the bar setup when I lost it. She's beautiful, delicious, and her scent is everywhere. Tristan took Kara home because she couldn't handle it. I drank four bottles of synthetic and took a long walk to rid my body of her. Asher nodded, aware of how hard it was for his third brother, Tristan, to care for his wife. Kara, after all, was a newly born vampire with little self-control over the urge for blood. Gabe was channeling the new girl earlier, Quinn added, eyeing Asher closely. Curious, Asher stilled. He was? He has some preoccupation with her. She's different, Quinn. There's more to her than just a pretty face. Storms brew in her eyes. Which is exactly why you should watch it. Quinn took a cautious step backward. She's important to Gabe. I'll go back out if you can't control yourself. The burn in Asher's throat was minimal, but the primal impulses remained. He couldn't smell her again without exposing himself or satiating his sexual urges. That might be best. I think I'll hang out in my office until the party. <laughs>